Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Might I remind you folks, uh, although Leon Tailoring is great for the tailor and ready-made clothing, they also have a good career services division for your young person, because before you know it, they'll be out heading off for interviews, for jobs, or for internships this summer, and you want to make sure your young person looks their best. you got to invest a lot of time and energy and money in that college education, now it's time for it to start paying off, and Leon Tailoring can help you do it. They'll make sure your young person is dressed right for the right job, so they can make that right first impression. You know, I'm important that is. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, check out their career services division. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, the housing market and assessed prices have gotten everybody all sort of worked up, and so we're going to have a discussion starting today. Uh, talk about assessments and real estate in the whole nine yards here in the state of Indiana. And join us is our good friend Mark Fisher, uh, CEO of the Indiana Association of Realtors. So, Mark, my friend, always good to have you here, old friend. It's always great to be here. Uh, so, how is the housing market doing in Indiana overall? Yeah, the housing market is is hot. Um, you know, we're starting to see some uh, signs of it cooling down a little bit with interest rates going up, but year over year, property values are up about 13, percent uh, which is great if you are a homeowner and you're building intergenerational wealth uh, often the largest investment a family will make in their lives but uh, does create some challenges for uh, those who are trying to enter the market and so we're uh, we're looking at uh, ways to increase inventory and bring more inventory onto the market and, and hopefully see some prices stabilize but it's always a good time to buy a house. So, is it just the supply chain, or is it just demand, or what is that sort of creating our sort of our quote unquote housing shortage right now? Yeah, uh, certainly inventory. As a state, we haven't seen a, a year over year inventory increase since 2014. To put that in perspective, uh, we've added 210,000 Hoosiers uh, since 2014. So, uh, we're we're not keeping up with the demand in the state. We're not keeping up with demand nationally. Uh, some estimates are you know five million dollars, five million houses short uh, nationally. Uh, we really need to find ways. And what are those pinch points that are uh, inhibiting that that in- increasing that demand? Uh, the builders do a great job, but you know, like many industries, builders are facing uh, labor shortages, are f- facing supply chain constraints, uh, regulatory issues. So, uh, you know, there's a legislatively created uh, housing task force that should be starting to meet sometime in the summer, and really looking at the supply side. How do we how do we really address those pinch points, those barriers to increasing that supply statewide? Um, if you if you look at uh, the housing market from the sort of supply side and you, and you figure out what to do, your your problem, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't going to be solved right away because you still got to build the homes. Absolutely, uh, this isn't a problem that was caused overnight. It's not going to be solved overnight, but we do have to start to think about ways that we're going to bring more uh, inventory online. And this again isn't just an issue that is impacting Indiana. I've talked to my peers across the the nation. Inventory as I travel the state, inventory is it seems to be the number one challenge from our members' perspective, from the buyer's perspective, uh, and uh, just industry wide. So let's talk about my friend assessments. Uh, what's going on with uh, housing assessments here in the state of Indiana? Yeah, um, you know, housing assessments that are, you know the, the assessments are starting to come out. Um, they are a reflection of the current market. Again, we're up 13% year over year in housing values. We have a uh, market-based system for assessing the value of a home, and that reflects the current market dynamics. Uh, It's not uh, spread out equally throughout the state, but certainly in uh, you know, all location, location, location for real estate, um, we are seeing uh, that the assessments are going up. But I think consumers and taxpayers should. Have some, you know, feel heartened a little bit that it could be worse. You know, we we've done a lot of things uh, in the past, you know, decade or fifteen years that have really addressed 
the assessment system. So looking at fair and predictable uh, market-based uh, assessments, professional assessments done by county assessors, uh, and the property tax caps. The caps and the, the levy growth mechanisms that limit how much a, a community can grow their budgets should provide a level of protection. So it could be worse, um, but we are sensitive to the fact that th- this is going to uh, impact, uh, uh, you know, uh, the assessments and, and ultimately the property taxes. Because one of the things that uh, I noticed, uh, as, as it's, it's almost sort of seems like a repeat of that, that 2007, 2008, where housing prices just went up and up and up and up and up. But it was at, at the builders who were actually doing the financing, and the whole thing just sort of, you know, crashed down on itself. So are you guys sort of worried about that with with increase in assessed values and, and fair market values? I think we have uh, the exact opposite problem. You know. 0809 actually 2007 2008 2009 I think it's an indelible mark in our in our minds <laughs> so we've known each other so long um, you know that was uh, a, an era of easy money and and very quick building building a lot of inventory so when the system crashed there are a lot of homes underwater we have supply constraints now that that's it's almost the exact opposite problem where we're facing inventory challenge so where the market could cool with interest rates going up or people not moving as much as they were through kind of the pandemic this this great reshuffling that that the country's going through um i i we, i don't see a lot of uh predictions of there's going to be a market crash and therefore you know housing values are going to come crashing down could they stabilize could they come down a bit sure but uh, without that added inventory, uh, you're going to see it's it's simple supply and demand economics. Our guest in the program today is our good friend Mark Fisher. Mark is the CEO of the Indiana Association of Realtors. Formerly, it used to be at the Indian Chamber. If his voice sounds familiar, but <laughs> like I said, uh, he's in here in his in his real estate uh, capacity uh, today. So, Mark, we appreciate you being here. Uh, like I said, with, with assessments, uh, what goes into the the assessment of house? Because we said the one thing is based on fair market value, but a that may be what the fair market value of my home is, but if I can't sell it, what good does it does right. it do me? Yeah, I mean it's it's an easy way to say, hey, would you sell it for this price? Um, assessments are not perfect; they're not appraisals. Uh, they're based off of comps and, and analysis, and we've got very professional uh, assessors, but sometimes they can get something wrong, and so there is an appeal process. Uh, the DLGF, the Department of Local Government Finance, has a Citizens Guide to Property Tax kind of helps you walk through um, if you feel that you did get uh, an assessment wrong what you can do about that assess that that uh, appeals process because I would assume that if you're if you're because the two parts to to pick up the property tax is your assessment value plus whatever the property tax rate is and I would assume that if one goes up the other one tends to go down to keep that number relatively stable so I'm taking an educated guess that my assessment has gone up you know, 15 20 percent then so is everybody else in my neighborhood that mean my rate should go your I, rate, I would hope. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there. You've got to think of that. That there's also different types of property. So there's ag property. There's commercial property. Those are taxed at different rates. We don't know. We see maybe a. Uh, will we see a decline in the uh, in the rates of ag property or office and retail property? We don't know that in a whole property tax mix. But there is a constraint that the legislature has put on local government budgets. I mean, they can't just reap a windfall uh, either. They, they're going to be constrained on how much they can grow their levy. Uh, and so uh, you, you, sh- you shouldn't see uh, this huge windfall and therefore your tax bill go go up skyrocketing. But, but with increasing assessments, uh, if the rates stay the same, yeah, you'll see your, your uh, uh, tax bills go up. So it's really, it, you have to look at 
the assessment plus the tax times the tax rate, right? And and then figure out what your tax bill is. Now, uh, I want to say it was like back in what 2008, uh, Mitch Daniels, when when Bart Peterson lost the mayor's race, and and probably due to property taxes, everybody kind of freaked out, like, oh my God, we need to do something. And so they decided to go and throw in the property tax cap. But there's always a question about sort of the assessment portion uh, of that equation, because while you know residential was capped at one percent, commercial to rental to commercial three, there was no cap on quote unquote the assessment part. That's right. Uh, assessments because of the courts have determined that they have to be done on a, a market basis. Um, you know, that's where the levy growth restraints that the legislature's put on really will impact what your ultimate tax bill is. Um, so, we, you know, we, we've done a lot of things. You mentioned the Mitch Daniels and, and the tax caps, but there was also his proposal to make sure that we have efficient and responsive and responsible and professional government. And so we went through and, and eliminated over a thousand township assessors, right? So if you have a county property tax levy and you know you've got one really good township assessor but another one is under assessing well somebody's pick, picking up that shortfall and so having a countywide professional assessment uh and then that appeals process is is, is part of the mix our guest on the program today is mark fisher mark is the ceo on the of the indiana association of realtors so we've got him on the program today with well, a lot of folks talk about property taxes and assessments figure we get a real estate uh friends in here and sort of talk about things from their perspective um as well uh when you look at uh, like i said you know sort of these sort of the assessments um how much of that you said you said local governments can't reap, reap a windfall, uh, which I totally understand. But I'm assuming local governments also subject to inflationary pressures too, just like everybody else. Absolutely, right. So that's where that again that levy growth uh, limitation comes in, and um, you know these are inflationary times, um, and housing market isn't uh, immune to those. So um, I would caution people not to get if they feel that that, that their assessment has been. Uh, calculated incorrectly, you know, talk to a professional, go to your assessor's office, consult with your realtor. Uh, they're there to be advisors as well and, and help people understand how the system works. Now, as we record this conversation, uh, we just had technical correction day uh, this week. A lot of folks were yelling in the street, were, were, I won't say yelling, but complaining like, hey, well, lawmakers do something about our property tax assessments. We want, we want something done. Obviously, lawmakers couldn't do that because because of the way technical correction day, day works. Uh, but is it are things to the point, Indiana, where lawmakers need to get involved, or are there enough safeguards in place right now? The assessment system itself is not broken. It's a reflection of market dynamics. Um, and, but we are seeing inflationary pressure uh, on everything, right? And so it does add to that inflationary pressure and that concerns of how are we going to, you know, if you're especially if you're in a fixed income. How do we respond to this increase in value, and therefore the taxes, a corresponding tax increase? Um, those assessments aren't your bill; they're not what your taxes are, and so I, I don't think that there is a a, a broken assessment system. Because I remember uh, back when Luke Kenley used to be the chairman of the Appropriations Committee, I remember talking about property tax replacement credits and property tax freezes and all this sort of myriad of stuff to deal with the property tax. It's like, okay, something's wrong here. We got to do all this to you get our property taxes under control. Your assessments aren't your tax bill. <laughs> Mark Fisher with us for, for a little bit longer on the program today. Um, one of the things I uh, also noticed, too, was you said you know different types of property. How is our commercial real estate uh, doing? Because obviously a lot of folks you know still working home from Zoom, still feeling the effects of the pandemic. Is commercial real estate in Indiana, particularly Indianapolis, what it used to be? 
I think it depends on what type of commercial real estate. Are you talking about big big box retailers? Are you talking about um, office demand? I think that there's going to be uh, you know some interest in uh, kind of refl- you know what do we do with with a traditional business district, say about downtown Indianapolis or downtown Fort Wayne, which has a, it was very dependent on commuters from across their regions coming into their downtown to work in that that central core. We're not at 100. percent I think that uh, you know hybrid work is is will be here for the foreseeable future, and so we need to think about what we do about those downtowns, what we do about the commercial office buildings, what we do about vacant retail spots. Th- these are not new issues. We you know the pandemic didn't catalyze a lot. It accelerated, <laughs> and and in many uh, in many ways you know exponentially accelerated things that were already set in motion, and so. Uh, you know, telework was already a thing. Well, when we are forced to go to work remotely, uh, some people get used to it. That too has had a a impact on the demand for housing. If you're spending a lot of time in your house because that's not your office, you may need more space. You need to you may need to reconfigure the floor plan at your house. So we have seen people that are spending more time at home because they're not going to the office need a bigger house, and so that. That's actually had an impact, not just on the commercial properties, but on the residential market as well. So I think it's too early to tell uh, where uh, commercial property stands, but not all commercial properties are going to be kind of the same type, and the impact of of COVID is not going to have the same impact. I know, though, some of the conversations uh, in my hometown of Chicago uh, has been to turn some of the downtown commercial property back into sort of condominiums. Uh, poems, that sort of thing, to get to get people back into the right. to that to that urban core, that sort of downtown area. In those kind of conversations taking place here in Indiana. Well, I know uh, in my previous role uh, in working with economic development professionals and working with you know say downtown Indy, uh, there was a movement at the federal level to look at a office conversion tax credit. You know, you don't want to bring, you know new offices that were just brought online, uh, but uh, there are going to there is going to be a demand, and I think you know thinking about downtowns in general need to reimagine themselves just like small towns in, in Indiana need to reimagine themselves. Downtowns are going to have to reimagine themselves as, as a place where people, uh, this idea of the 15 minute community, right? That you should be able to access everything you want to do professionally, recreationally, uh, socially within kind of a 15 minute walk. Um, I think it's going to be important that, that communities of all size, including downtowns, Reimagine, and that means thinking about what they do with their existing building stock. We're seeing it in downtown Indianapolis, where uh, you know large former office buildings are being converted into housing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens longer term. I think that should be part of the discussion with the housing task force: is adaptive reuse, not just new construction, but that adaptive reuse. Mark Fisher, uh, the CEO of the Indiana Realtors Association Realtors, with us for a few more minutes on the program today. I uh, got anything in there about tiny houses. <laughs> uh, I want to be clear: we don't need just tiny houses. We need big houses. We need inventory at all price points because the great, best way to create uh, vacancy at the uh, maybe the lowest price point is to create that you know housing in the missing middle to create that that upward mobility of people. They're able to move them. That creates a vacancy at the level level. So w- while we do need to address affordability in general, the best way to do that is to drive inventory it's it's supply and demand is it is it affordable housing or is it is a better term attainable housing because whenever i hear affordable housing I always sort of you know you, you think places that you, you think the light blue side of the monopoly board <laughs> <laughs> it it it's all it's it's rentals as well it's not just home ownership it's it's rentals it's it's multifamily. it's 
Uh, you got to think about, you know, encouraging communities to think about their zoning codes, you know, to allow denser development or uh, what's called ADU, the auxiliary dwelling units, you know, the the, the grandma flats or whatever. Um, they need to be creative in driving more uh, density and more inventory. Uh, there are a lot of tools that communities have at their current disposal, uh, and something that we're helping our members better understand as they're working with their local zoning boards and local councils uh, to think about the the inventory challenges. You know, I think the best, you know, the, the, the interrelated nature between housing and economic development, too, we have communities that say we don't have jobs problems, we have people problems. And, and uh, Lawrence Yoon is the uh, NAR economist, likes to say, uh, no houses, no people, no jobs. And so communities need to be creative about how they're creating that type of housing type uh, that uh, matches the type of industries and the level of experience and, you know, if, if you executive housing, workforce housing. But if you're going for an economic development strategy and you're not thinking about the type of housing that you're going to need to provide for those jobs, uh, you're doing it wrong. I've got just a couple minutes left here. Uh, as we get ready to wind down our conversation, what message do you have for the folks who are listening who are, like I said, once again, getting their property tax bills, seeing their assessments go up, you know, 10, 15, in some cases, 20, 30 percent. They're like, hey, I didn't do anything to my house. <laughs> It's it is the market dynamic. We have a market based system for the assessments. The markets um, are going up. The prices are going up rapidly. Um, if if you don't agree with that assessment, appeal it. You know um, there are mechanisms to to appeal and to to correct the record. But understand until we get this inventory challenge really addressed, um, you know those assessments may may continue to rise. So what you're saying is the housing market is going to like gas prices. It's supply and demand. It's basic market economics. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess the Prime Day has been our good friend, Mark Fisher. Mark is the CEO of the Indian Association of Realtors, formerly with the Indy Chamber. Mark, my friend, always good to chat with you, sir. Thank you very much for being with us. Always good to have you here. Always great to be here. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.